I'm I'm really right this moment less interested in the afterlife than I am in cat vomit. Oh, do we really I need cannot, to hear about this? I cannot. I cannot talk about the cat vomit. Do you know? So it the cat threw up on your right, computer. Uh, on, huh? on on top of it, on top of the less than sixty day old MacBook Pro being damaged, the cat was like seriously sick for three days for reasons we don't understand. Uh, and you know which cat it was, right? Oh, it was Wiki. It was oh. totally Wiki. Because you know you can't really dust for cat vomit. That's difficult. And why do you give your cats access to your computer? Uh, I happen to, and this is a thing that maybe you can't understand because you have kids. Yeah, you but just I have a dog. kind of leave your computer on the couch where you know it'll be when you get to it the next day. You don't have to worry about someone sitting on it. Yeah, I would never do I that. still have to worry about something vomiting on it. <laughs> So, was this the first time this has ever happened in the Genius, when you took it to the Genius Bar? I will not talk about this. I cannot talk about this. I, in fact, the Genius who helped me said, <laughs> his last words to me were, this is just between you and me. <laughs> you don't need to tell anyone else about this. <laughs> why Seriously. are we talking about it? Because <laughs> Jim keeps asking questions. You need to give them the no, silent No, 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 but Kirk, you talk about this podcast being a service to people. You can't be the only person who's had a cat throw up on their computer. Well, I, think well, I would say that if you've got a, 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 an Apple and you've got a nearby Apple store, that they will help you out. But if you've got something else, you're kind of on your own. Well, I think, I, I think there is a third-party um, case that protects your laptop from... All cat projectiles. You know um, what the problem is, though? It's with the unibody frame. It's like there's almost it's almost indestructible. And I I paid extra for the solid state drive, which is amazing. You cannot imagine a solid state state drive is like your computer. It just like it's like an iPad. It just like turn it on. There it is. There's almost it, nothing that can fail. But you know what got me? The USB ports. Can I just say really quickly? <clears throat> that for me tonight, this podcast is sponsored by Newcastle Werewolf Blood Red Ale. Oh, thank you for bringing that up because I was thinking the same thing. Go on, but I'm next. Oh, have, you, have you had it? No, I've got my own sponsor. Actually, I was thinking tonight that I was going to do the same thing. Thank you for reminding oh, me, Tim. Okay, there you go. I'm done. Are we ready? No, this night's tonight's podcast is brought to you by Bootleggers Brewery Black Phoenix Chipotle Coffee Stout. Oh, I like everything you just said. Okay. Wait, wait, we have to start with the Pledge of Allegiance first, then. Eh? <laughs> oh no, sorry. Wrong wrong deal. Go. It's 9.10 on Thursday, October 20th, 2011. That's time for Media Loper Bebop. Tonight, when everybody's doing the same thing at different times, does anybody enjoy it as much? Then, the World Series has started, but nobody cares. And also, this weekend marks the debut of Rapture 2.0, which didn't nearly have the advertising budget as the original. All that and what's in Kirk's mix on Media Loper Bebop Episode 20, a podcast to be named later. I'm your host, Jolting Jim Connolly, 
And with me tonight are Kirk, the Big Train Biglione, and Tim, Dizzy Gaskell. Here. So, guys, are we ready to talk about Facebook for the iPad? Do we need to grow the beard and the mustache for this? Or is that only in the late innings? That's only in the late innings. Um, <clears throat> so that is, the, um, that is, of course, the style of choice of all closers for World Series National League teams. The big, the big beard. The big beard. I'm actually thinking that Brian Wilson should shave it at this point. Because everybody else looks like him. It just seems like it's a distraction now, too. <laughs> it's, it's. I would rather have him not have the beard and them, them win the World Series again, than have. If he, if he didn't have the beard, he wouldn't be doing the subway commercials or whatever the hell it is he's doing. <laughs> I thought he's doing Taco Bell. Whatever it is, yes, Taco Bell. It's all about the beard. I just kind of see the beard and the giant, and then I there's always this moment of disassociation where I assume it's some actor wearing a fake beard because it looks like a fake beard. And then I realize, oh, yes, this is who it is, and he really is a giant. And then I see a brand, and there's a taco, there's a hamburger. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just, you know, at this point, the beard is like money in the bank. The yeah, but the he can't shave his beard off for the team. He's got to get sponsorships. That's his brand. Get over well, the baseball know, thing, Jim. You know what didn't? You know what didn't catch on, and it's really a good thing is uh, Michael Jordan's Hitler mustache. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I was hoping we were going to get through a whole podcast with no Hitler comments, no Hitler references, and boom, right out of the box, Tim brings it up. <clears throat> We're going to have to change the name of the podcast. To Medialoper Hitler Bop? We'd get some attention. We'd probably get some new listeners, too. We'd have yeah, to have but... like schedule where we could take live calls, though, because I wouldn't want to do the Hitler Bop podcast without being able to take calls from listeners. From you mean and By listeners, you mean neo-Nazis. So... As I've said endless times, I've been reading the Song of Ice and Fire books. And it's come to my attention that I'm not the only person doing this. From what I can tell, it's like a culture-wide reading fest of these books. And yet, I haven't really had any discussions with anybody about them. Because we're all reading the books at our own pace, and nobody wants to spoil anything for anybody. And it struck me that this might be a signifier for our times. That we're all consuming pop culture on our own schedules now. And yeah, there's Facebook and Twitter and podcasts, and sure, I can talk about the final episode of Breaking Bad on the AV Club website, but unless I jump in early in the conversation, there's hundreds of comments, and that all just becomes noise. So there's more of everything all of the time, but it seems like we enjoy those things with ever tinier groups of people. So here's my question. Does this asynchronous consumption of pop culture lessen the impact of any single individual work of art? Hmm. I don't know about the impact. <clears throat> I think what it does lessen is the communal um, kind of time sharing, i.e. watching it uh, in, in synchronicity or in synchronous um, orbit, whatever. Basically, I'll give you an example. I remember years ago when I uh, first got married and my wife, Jean, would always... Turn, when she'd turn off the turn on the TV and she'd start watching a movie, and I in the middle of the movie she'd just turn it on in you know 
And I would say, oh, we have that on VHS tape. And she goes, um, yeah, I know. I said, well, don't you want to watch it from the beginning? And she goes, no, I, I want to watch it because it's on. And she said, I like the idea of watching it while everyone else is watching it. Right. And um, I kind of, I kind of knew what she meant by that. You, you're, you're, it's kind of like why it's sometimes fun to go to the movies or a concert or whatever. It's because you're experience, experiencing it together, and the highs, the lows, the in betweens, you all kind of ride that roller coaster at the same time. But we're all busy, and so um, to watch all the pop culture, watch all the shows we watch, even though maybe we're all watching Community or or Parks and Rec or a couple other things at the same time, it's still maybe not exactly the same time. It's not even close in my case. I know that <clears throat> because I tend to be a couple seasons behind everybody else in everything. So, um, <laughs> Speaking of but metaphors... That, but, but I have to. But I have to say, it does not lessen my enjoyment one bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what I watched recently. For instance, I watched the the complete Wire series, The Wire, HBO. Right. But I watched it from start to finish after the show had been off the air for a year or two. So, and I enjoyed it immensely. So, it did not affect my enjoyment, but. Again, I do see if you're watching, if you're a Mad Men fan or Breaking Bad or whatever, I can kind of see why you you watch it each week and then you can Twitter and chat and Facebook about it or whatever and comment on AV Club or Television Without Pity or something like that because you're talking to your your people, you know, your audience that you know have what what's nice is you can you they come at it with from a different perspective than you. So you gain different perspectives by reading their posts. So that's kind of cool. So I want to see if I understand this, Jim. Uh-oh. I just I want to make sure I understand what we're talking about. So this future world where you can pretty much get access to any media at any time on your own schedule, through any source, through any device, through anywhere, wireless, mobile, in your living room, in your bathroom, in your bedroom, in your office, doesn't matter. We finally have attained that or are very close to attaining that. And now we're <laughs> concerned about losing our togetherness. Is that what you're saying? I'm not no, I'm <laughs> not a communal experience anymore. We're all having our own private little thing whenever we can, and it's amazing. Well, that's what I'm saying we though. We can watch anything we want to, anytime, anywhere. And I, I believe you called me a hippie for saying that was my ideal in one of the early podcasts. Well, only because I know that your ideal doesn't involve DRM. True. <laughs> Practically makes you a fascist or a socialist or I an acolyte of Hitler. Apparently they're the same thing these days. I, look, I'm not saying that it's bad or, 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 or anything like that. I'm just wondering that in some cases the fact that you can't just say hey, let's all have this discussion about this thing. Tim watched so The Wire, but maybe Tim wanted to talk about The Wire with somebody, but he really yeah. couldn't. No, there's there's no question about that, but it's interesting that you bring up books. It was like your first example is the series of books you're reading, and books are the form of media that has always been the most like that. Right. Because it's not like it's broadcast at one time where everyone in America is sitting down you know, watching after dinner. It's yeah. People are going to read books. I mean, just by the nature, they're not going to. 
everyone's not going to read at the same time at the same pace. Right. Like, it, like you do with, with real-time media. No, but with bestsellers, you do have a window where, you know, basically the last big bestseller I, that I know, that I read, that I know pretty much everybody I know read was The Help. And um, it, was, it was an amazing book. And everybody I know who read it passed it on to somebody else or whatever, and they made a really good movie and... And that, right, that those is people the, they passed the it on thing. to are not reading it at the same time you were reading it. No, I know, but what I'm saying is with books is you have about, like with bestsellers, you have like this, I would say like a six-month to a year window where there is a buzz book that every, everybody reads and sees. The thing about the the uh, George R. R. Martin books is that they've been out for a while now, and there was a huge, huge, you know, Song of Ice and Fire following before the TV show even got proposed um and made it's probably why the tv show got proposed and made well yeah no there there were a couple there were a couple of websites that um were devoted just to this you know kind of forum websites i know because i used to visit them a lot and um you know there there was a huge kind of communal thing there so now, what's weird is I do know one or two people actually that are reading the books right now, but it never have not seen the TV show either as well. Right, but every time I post about it anywhere on Facebook, that I'm just that I'm doing it, you always get a lot of responses. Oh yeah, I'm here in the series. I'm here in the series. Kirk's right in that books are historically the most asynchronous of all pop culture because of the very right. nature of how people read and and access and everything else. But it's just weird in that, and I wasn't really talking. I was sing, I was singling these out because it does seem like it's a thing that uh, a a pretty wide, a pretty large percentage of people are doing reading all of these books. And mm. but the the most information that anybody's sharing about it is, oh, I'm reading them too. Well, right. The same technology that makes all of this asynchronous media consumption possible also makes it possible for you to connect with more of your peer consumers than ever before as well. Right. So maybe the system hasn't evolved to the point where everyone can kind of like semi-synchronize, but you're already kind of self-connecting with a larger group of possible people to talk about this media than ever before. So if you're worried about losing that discussion, the potential is there to have the discussion on a global scale rather than just, I mean, really, when we started out in your, like, hometown. Right. Well, and, and it's interesting. I was thinking the, 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 the killer functionality for Google Plus, of course, would be if everybody's reading these books on their Kindles or on a Kindle, then it would just create automatic circles for people who are approximately in the same place in all the books. Yeah. <clears throat> and now suddenly you have a self-selecting group of people that that are not a self-selecting, but a, a a group of people that you know are in the same place, that you don't have to worry about spoiling anything, and you can actually have real conversations. Except that it would never work. It would mm -hmm. work in that you could bracket like certain like chapters and sections, but then you get people who are read faster, <laughs> and suddenly they're like way ahead. They'd get thrown out of the circle then if they got ahead, too far ahead, or they have their they they evolve into a new circle. You know, this isn't new. We're 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 into the we've finished a decade of life with TiVo. Right. 
we're into the second decade of the DVR. Well, and I'm in my almost like third or fourth decade of, of time shifting. I mean, I started time shifting in the 80s. When it was against the law. Ooh. That was the Supreme Court case over the Betamax. It was time shifting. Boy, they were they were so ahead of their time. Well, they were shifting it. <laughs> they had way more time to get ahead of their time because they weren't watching commercials, Tim. Hey, did you hear from Gordon? Is that the commissioner? Yeah. He sounded angry, and then we were taunting him last week. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't know if you saw the post from the Media Loper promo department, but apparently he was really not happy, and maybe he's just trying to figure that if that if if he gets angry, we'll make fun of him, but if he ignores us, we won't make fun of him. Did you ask us if we saw the something from the promo department? Is there some kind of intranet we don't know about? No, no, no. There's, it's it's Facebook. If you follow Media Loper on Facebook, the Media oh, Loper. I'm sorry. I have not logged into Facebook in a month. Okay. Ooh. Well, the Media Loper promo department sends out a, you know, to the people who have liked Media Loper, sends out a thing every week about the podcast. But it's more like, um, it's always about Gordon Loper getting pissed off at us. And I guess you should watch, listen to the podcast because you're supposed to. It's never, it's really always almost... I can't even think of the way it's, it's almost derogatory what they write about us. Is mm. there some other channel to get this through? I don't get the Facebook. I need like RSS, some other protocol, the rapture protocol. I, you know, I just, I can't do the Facebook. I need some other channel. What really sucks is I would give the URL of the media loper Facebook page, but it's got like, it's, Facebook.com slash pages slash media loper slash two zero seven two four seven zero eight seven eight eight just slash Hitler. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> so here, here here's a here's a thing that the Media Loper promo department wrote. Hi there, Media Loper promo department here. Sorry it's taken so long to promote this episode of the podcast, but the boys really pissed off Commissioner Loper by making fun of his voicemail to Jim and then spending much of the episode talking about a rogue real life superhero instead of Facebook for the iPad. He finally said something about getting his revenge and fled the office after two days of nonstop ranting. Hmm. I guess that's our response then. Right. There's, but it, we're still here, and I don't see any sign of... Uh, who are the two guys? Jay Fung and Scott Oliver? Yeah. Is that their names? Yeah. Who are those guys? I don't even know. I don't even know. Don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me. As long as they didn't offer to replace us with like the guys from the Audio Assault or something like that, I'm fine. Last night, the World Series started. And as it's obvious that the Yankees dynasty has peaked, the Red Sox are in chaos, and the Phillies can't win in the postseason. Well, if you discount their World Series win, of course. It's the second straight year with smaller market teams, and the ratings reflect that. Just 14 million people watched the opening game of the Cards-Rangers World Series. And given that it's a weird scheduled disruption for Fox, people are wondering whether or not covering the postseason is still worth it for them. What do you guys think? Um, hang on. <clears throat> is Texas really a small market? The whole state is a small market? I don't think so. Well, uh, for the record, by the way, let's just point out the hi that history was made tonight by the Texas Rangers winning a game. They doubled the entire... World Series win total 
for the state of Texas by winning tonight. So the state of Texas has two wins in the World Series, both by the Rangers. Gizmo's, is Gizmo a Rangers fan? He's he, No, he's a, he's a Cardinals fan. That's why he's barking. I'll tell you what's really killed the World Series viewership is no game sevens. There's, there's yeah, been... the, the, there hasn't been a game seven since 2002, right? Right. And here's but the here's that the, the lowest it, rated game seven of all time. I don't know about that. There there haven't been that many people who watched in their DVRs, and that was. But the the funny thing was, 2001 and 2002 both went to seven games, and we haven't had one since then. Tivo. TiVo ruined the World Series. World Series stopped trying. <laughs> because of all the asynchronous viewing killed the seventh game of the World Series. I think if we did a study, we could find a connection between asynchronous viewing, the onset of asynchronous viewing, the death of the seventh game of the World Series. We could do a chart. So I think maybe... If, if anything killed the viewership, besides the fact that maybe baseball just isn't that popular anymore and it's not going to be as popular as football, blah, 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 is two things. Oh, actually, just one thing. Fox. What about him? Okay, this is going to sound Bob Costa-y. So Bob Costa's like, so just, just bear with me. It, it feels like that as far as Fox is concerned, if they could just have the Yankees Red Sox play every single game of every single postseason series, that's what they'd be looking for, regardless of whether they were actually the best teams. Mm, sadly. Well, it's interesting because I have a view of like the perfect outcome for sports fans and media coverage, and it's quite different. There isn't like one network that's in charge of the World Series. So... My view would be that the perfect outcome would be that the World Series is like licensed as like an open source thing. <laughs> and someone maybe gets the television rights for network broadcast, but everyone else can set up their own micropayment system so that if you want to hear the three of us do com- real-time commentary in the World Series game, we can do a micropayment charge if we will be your audio track. And then the league, MLB, collects the camera fees for everyone who taps into that and gets a percentage. So the future is not that you have to listen to these bozos on Fox, but that you can listen listen to the home team announcers. If it's your team, you don't want to listen to Fox News guys. So I think we're going to totally mixed, not only like media on demand, but Pick your own commentary track for a professional sports game. But then on the other end, Fox should be allowed to have their own alternate World Series where it, free market system, where it is the two teams that they pick and will broadcast for seven nights, the two teams we think will draw the most ratings in an alternate series. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't think they'd get, they'd get ratings for that because it wouldn't be actual, the actual champion. No, I but agree. if that's what the people want, it would be like the people's champion. 
what I looked at, what I saw tonight in the uh, viewing figures is, and I didn't realize this at the time, was after the strike-shortened season, two networks actually rotated and shared the World Series the following year, ABC and I guess NBC. Yeah. Because ABC got screwed out of it for the previous year. Um, <clears throat> which I just thought that was interesting, and that's just purely anecdotal. And they shared in the same year, or they shared in alternate? They, wrote, they rotated games. Yeah, for the World Series. So one showed the first game, the other one showed the next one. I actually heard Al Michaels talk about that on a podcast, and he said it was just like a, a logistical nightmare. I bet. That, yeah. They should have done, like, National League, American League. And, oh, here's the other thing about it, too, was it wasn't like the baseball network where, like, in the post or, – or not the baseball network, like, in the postseason, the Fox announcers would say, well, the NLCS is on TBS – it was NBC. He said when Al Michaels said that on ABC they were not allowed to say that the next game was going to be on NBC. <laughs> right, right. So they'd have to say, "Check your list." Those check, were the good old listings. days. <laughs> would, those would, were the good old days. <laughs> so it, it's just like you know, remember that was that whole that that whole mindset was if you don't mention your competition, then the viewer will never find them. Right. But you can what you can't be heard doing is acknowledging their existence and in effect promoting them. So, so let me ask you guys this: without, like, first of all, for some reason, I'm not nearly as interested this year as I was, say, oh, I don't know, last year. I, yeah. I haven't quite put my finger on why. I don't know why either, but but so. Without a Yankees or a Red Sox in there, is the World Series less interesting? Or a Phillies? Or a Phillies? Um, no, because I, I mean the first two games we've seen two one-run games. You know, it's been very close, and you don't have you don't have these blowouts or you know, the one team dominating. So far, it's been very close. It's been good baseball. You could have a blowout theoretically, but I think what happens is it becomes more of a thing for people who are really into baseball versus people who want to watch whatever the big game is. And people who right. want to watch, you know, who are not baseball fans, probably want to see the Red Sox. Or the people who are not serious fans of the sport don't care who's playing. They want to see who they think, you know, in the abstract, the perfect teams are Red Sox. So I. I think what that means is I think that there's about 15 million hardcore baseball fans in the country who will watch anything. And then if it gets interesting in a big team and it's a game seven, you'll double that. You'll have 30 million. Just in case you're uh, in case you're keeping score at home, we're looking at a, a wiki, Wikipedia page. Where if you search World Series television ratings, it kind of gives the ratings for like the last 20 years or so. And most of these four-game series, the viewership just kind of maybe picks up a little bit. But the only time it really hugely picked up, of course, actually the only time a four-game series had a large amount of viewers all the way through was, of course, the Red Sox-Cardinals in 2004. And that was because people wanted to actually see the Red Sox win the World Series for the first time right. in a million years. Yeah. We were all behind that. And uh, that was the last time I rooted for the Red Sox. But the, the next record. time the Red Sox were in the World Series, three years later, the viewership wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah, and it was, you know, I think it was a five-game series as opposed to a four-game series, No, they right? swept the Rockies four and out. Oh, four and out? Yeah. Oh, the other one was a four and one, right? No, they swept the Cardinals. They, 
They they did two sweeps. Yeah, the Red Sox ha- actually haven't lost a World Series game since uh since um, 1908. No. 1928. 1986. <laughs> Bill Buckner. So yeah, since Bill Buckner. So I think one of the reasons is the World Series has actually been almost as lo- actually been more lopsided than the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting exactly because we had a Game Seven two years ago in the NBA with the um, Lakers Celtics. Lakers Celtics. So. Well, also though, those are the fixed. Then those are you know, the NBA. We all know the NBA Finals are fixed, right, guys? <laughs> well, that one was clearly fixed. <laughs> this year's is. Yeah, this year's is totally fixed. Hey, remember the rapture? Well, it's tomorrow. As you might recall, it was postponed for five months back in May. And, well, time sure does fly when you're sinning because the rapture is scheduled for October 21st, which, as we record this podcast, actually, on the East Coast, it's already October 21st. Have you checked Mm. Google News yet to see if the rapture has started? Well, it's supposed Kirk, I'm not going to check Google News to see if the rapture started. I'm going to check Twitter. Yeah, and just hashtag rapture, I think, is the only thing you need. Hang on. Hey, has the rapture started? What has Rapture Man been doing about the rapture? Well, number one, he was seriously ill for a while, but he's been... Right, I uh, thought, I'll be honest, I thought he was dead. He's still alive? He's still alive. Uh, okay. But he was, you know, he's still been uh, touting his thing. I don't think the publicity is nearly. I think they shot their wad. The they raised like a hundred million dollars or something, and they shot it all on the first rapture, kind of the premature rapture. And then I don't think they have. I don't know if they have any money left. So you haven't really heard nearly as much about it. It's kind of like the the boy who cried rapture. So. You know, you can only do it so long and have people's interest. I think interest now has waned considerably. It's going to be a bit of a non-story. You might hear one or two people. It's going to be one of those stories on the news tomorrow. It's going to be what I call the, and finally, news stories. Um, I have to differ with you, Tim, because I just got a response. Okay. Um, Someone says, yes, it has started, and that person is in Kirk's house. So the uh, rapture, Kirk, is, is coming from in your house. Kirk, Kirk, get out of the <laughs> get house. Get out of the house. <laughs> get out of the house. The rapture is in your house. Get out. I'm gone. I think the rapture started with the cat vomit. Hello. Oh, that's that's right. That was that was the the precursor, the forerunner, the 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 four shadowing as it were oh um, from the, it's, no it's in the book cats of the apostles you guys know what stopped the last rapture we would not even be having this conversation if what coco stopped the Crisp, first rapture if, was reality if, if coco crisps afro had not stopped the rapture last time you know i'd almost deleted him this from my time memory. we don't have his afro to protect us oh god uh did he finish the season with the a's he did but he's Did a free he? agent now. He won't be in Oakland next year. Hmm. Need How a does center that make fielder? Feel? No. <laughs> not a not a not a middling one. Here's here's the here's one thing the Giants don't need. It's another light hitter. They don't need another middling center fielder yeah. who hits two forty five and seven home runs a year and forty five runs batted in. 
They don't need any more of those. Talk about this next year. <laughs> we'll have this discussion next year. Well, you know what? Mm. We could just wait for it to happen and then blog about it in or a podcast about it in real time. Let's do a live podcast. The world's first live podcast. Isn't that called radio? Well, no, it's podcasts, but you know live. What, I, what we really need to make clear is how our listeners can subscribe to our feed if they happen to be transported to heaven or wherever the rapture when takes they're, you. Well, they're in the cloud. Is there, a, yeah. is there a special URL for that, Jim? Oh, here's what I think. Steve Jobs is already there. Therefore, iTunes is already there because there's no time. So I'm sure, you know, boom, now it's set up. So I don't think there's an issue with that. I'm a, I have, I've had iCloud for since the beginning, so I'm not worried. I will be covered. I did not see, I, you know, it's it's di iCloud is different from MobileMe. So if your protocol was set up for the afterlife, that doesn't transition over. No, I, I, transition. That, I have not seen that in the new dashboard. I have, no afterlife, I have no afterlife syncing option. Oh, yes. I love my label. My label loves me. And now it's time for In the Mix. This week it's Kirk's turn, and last time it was Kirk's turn, the podcast, well, didn't get recorded, and Kirk kind of didn't have they to were great it was a great mix it yeah. was the best yeah it was serious it was i did awesome. the whole thing about how i do these alternate soundtracks that um you can't buy because for whatever reason the proper soundtrack either didn't get licensed at all or they left key songs off and how i was creating my own podcast or my own soundtrack for royal tenenbaums and harold and maude it's too bad that didn't get in well you just said it now that's not my mix. That was last time. Oh, and that was in the mix. Thanks a lot, Kirk. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Have you guys heard this band? Um, Wilco? Yep. No. They've got a new album out. You've the one Jim one? talked about last week? No, but there's like the bonus tracks. The expanded, oh, yeah. the expanded edition. Did you say the expanded edition, Jim? I did not. Okay. So there's a Nick Lowe cover. Yeah. The Nick Lowe cover. Yes, there is. So and, and you, you know, talked about Jane Smiley's boyfriend. I did talk about yeah, Jane Smiley's boyfriend. Did that's, that was his favorite cut on the album. <laughs> but wait a second, really fast, going back to the Wilco Nick Lowe cover. So Wilco had Nick Lowe open for them on this tour, right? Yep. So, you guys remember when Niccolo opened for Tom Petty? Uh, I sure do. Yep. And um, actually, didn't Niccolo come into the studio for an interview? Yeah, Dead Air Dave and myself interviewed Niccolo and Paul Carrick in the studio. Um, I believe that the Wilco Niccolo cover is a Tom Petty doing a Niccolo cover when Niccolo opened for him back on that tour. Whoa. That's a pretty your roundabout way of getting unarchiving the roots of that song. Yep. Because wow. Tom Petty did Cracking Up. Ah. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. And my label's got my folks in me. 
Hey, Kirk, what's in your mix? <laughs> um, if you're the sort of person who is obsessive about Miles Davis live recordings, not that either of you would be, but um, there is a new set, a massive new set, three CDs, three shows from 67 live in Europe, the second great Miles Davis quintet with uh, Herbie Hancock and Tony Williams and Ron Carter and Wayne Shorter. Bet- the era between Kind of Blue and Bitches Brew, that, that quintet, right. which was m- amazing and is amazing live. Tony Williams. Live in Europe, 1967, part of the bootleg series that they're doing. They're modeling, apparently, on the uh, Dylan bootleg series. They're doing it with Miles Davis. This is volume one. DVD that is apparently I'm going to have to buy the, uh, the physical edition to get the DVD with the live footage. Are you going to do that? I think I am. Yes. Wow. Can you check YouTube first to make sure it's not there. You know how it is. You want the booklet. You want the box. You That's want the true. smell of the CDs. I do like these special editions. They are fun. I just haven't bought any in a while, but I do like them. Also on my, uh, in my mix, uh, I was late to discovering Best Coast's iTunes session. Ooh. And, I don't have uh, that either. It's, it's mostly the first album, which is amazing, live, really good live versions for, of the first album. But the standout track for me is their cover of uh, the Loretta Lynn song, Fist City. It's pretty amazing. Since you took the uh, Wilco, I would say that the Beirut album is better than I expected it to be, and um, I'm not resisting it being in heavy rotation. Yeah, I like them. I've, I've got I've got this album. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I do like them. I like the last album, which was the first album, or was it? I can't remember. I had some EPs, and I've pretty much got everything. So I guess that means I like them. 
I think the first, I think their first album, Amazon did like a free download or something. And I remember getting it from there and really, really enjoying it. Just one more thing. One more thing, Tim. First of all, my one more thing. This is kind of the end of the podcast. So lastly, my one more thing. Jay Moore's more stories on the Smodcast. Highly recommended. Jay Moore, as you know, is the world's funniest man. Who... Funniest Living Man, and he's doing a podcast now. It, I've got the first one, eight or something, recorded. I don't know if he's doing it every week. He said he was doing it every week. I don't know if he's kept it up, but um, go back. It's one of those things you go back, start with the first one, and work your way through them. They're great. He's just naturally funny, and he's always um, he's always on. He's got great stories, and um, I cannot recommend it enough. Jay Moore's more stories. I have a question about the world's funniest man. Yes, living man. Living man. Is living. that is that a, a a yearly title or is it like you know poet laureate where you you keep it as long as you're alive or maybe no, somebody else? As, no, no, you keep it as long as you're funny. Oh, okay. So so if you're only funny for like a, a couple of weeks, like I don't know, right, Emo like, Phillips or something like that. Then, exactly. then you know you're only the funniest man alive for a couple of weeks or months or whatever, and then someone else gets it. Stephen Wright had it for a little while. George Carlin, obviously, Richard Pryor, Bob Newhart, Woody Allen. You know, they all they've all had it at different times. Is there is there a wiki page for that? Um, yes, but you have to access my personal cerebellum. No one wants that. One more procedural question, Tim. If you're the world's yes. funniest living man and you die, is it possible for you to automatically become the world's funniest dead man? Ooh, that's 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 tricky because you got all these people. You Not- got Tony Hancock and Jack Benny and all these people you got to deal with. It's kind of in George Carlin now. And I think not as long as Richard Pryor remains dead. Richard Pryor <laughs> and yeah, it's really tricky. So, and so of course, and of course, uh, Bill Hicks and all these great people died way before their time. Yes, that's a no. Okay. One more thing, Kirk. So I'm happy to report that our friend Phoenix Jones citizen superhero had all charges dropped on monday he is free to go they've returned his costume he's back fighting crime in in seattle we won we won the audience here claps now see if gizmo had barked that would have been that would have been the time for gizmo to bark tim you're supposed to Um, dub it in jim dub it in How's the Kickstarter going? Because I think he still needs a backup.
Um, it's it's in turnaround. In, what does that mean? <laughs> Tim knows what it means, right, Tim? In turnaround, yeah, absolutely. It means explain. <laughs> in it, turnaround, basically, means its production stops because uh, the money's been pulled. So, wait, we can't do this <laughs> Kickstarter because the money's been pulled? That's why you do the Kickstarter. It's it's a conundrum for sure. Mm, totally. I think you're making up answers because you don't want to take responsibility for something you committed to last week when we, the three of us talked about this and agreed that we're doing this to help people. I do everything to help people. <laughs> it's for the people. Think of the people. Which and people? start with start by thinking about the people who dress up like superheroes and need our help. <laughs> okay, let's think about it another week. Yeah, that's a good idea. One more thing, I just want to say how much I enjoy the fake Tim McCarver Twitter account every year during the playoffs. If you hate McCarver with a blinding passion like I do, this Twitter account is perfect. For example, during the opening game, the real McCarver said, "Quote." It strike, the word strike was a five-letter word. And almost instantly, the fake Tim McCarver account tweeted, senile is a five-letter word too, right? <laughs> Good. And that does it for Media Leopard Bebop episode 20, a podcast to be named later. My thanks as always to Tim Gaskell. Not Tim McCarver. And Kirk Biglioni. Also not Tim McCarver. And thank you for listening, especially if you've been raptured, because that shows a lot of dedication. Rapture is a five-letter word. I'm your host, Jim Connolly, and we'll catch you next week. Same Bebop time, same Bebop channel. <laughs>